Hey everybody, welcome back once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 108, 108 for February the 9th, 2016. I'm your host, Jack. I'll be guiding you into, through, and back out of the world of systems administration, network administration, and all fields of IT. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Check out all the great tech shows at techpodcast.com. Also, don't forget, this show it can be picked up at stitcher.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com, where you can pick this show up as well as many other genres of podcasts. And let me tell you, folks, I listen to a lot of them. So check those out. Download the app to your smartphone today, either Android or iOS. Please check out the website if you have time at tipsfromtheserverroom.com where you can comment on these shows, and I hope that you do so. And you can also leave me a voicemail at 724-701-0550. Once again, that's 724-701-0550. If you have any questions or ideas for future shows, you can email me at jackstechcorner at gmail.com. Once again, that's jackstechcorner at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and that is at Technoman. Well, folks, it's been a couple weeks since I've been with you, and I am terribly sorry. You know, there's, there's, there's life gets in the way. Uh, there's things that we do in life that we have to uh, maintain a certain balance between podcasting and general life. And I'm sure you know that. I'm sure we've talked many, many times about the switching at work and what I've been doing at work here lately, and uh, it's, it's been taking its toll. I mean. It is a lot of work, not only replacing the switches in the in the switch rooms, but programming all those great new Cisco uh, 2960s. And, uh, you know, we've been having a good time, though. It's not like you go to work every day and you drag your feet. You're like, oh, no, I'm at work again. I got to deal with this over and over. Um, it's been pretty exciting. It's been exciting seeing the, uh, the, the reaction on people's faces when they go, Wow, the network's really cleaning up. It seems like, well, they don't really say that. They say, "Wow, it seems like the uh, the internet speed and and the server or, or the the computers are working faster." Because let's face it, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit in this show. There, that the people don't know the back end uh, as well as they they want to let on that they may know the back end. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you have to take it with with that big grain of salt, right? And uh, we have to um, let our end users believe that they are talking very logically. And um, we just kind of go with that. But we'll talk about that maybe at the end of the show a little bit. Uh, some of my thoughts on that process and how we deal with that. But tonight's show was sparked from a voicemail from a listener. His name is Dan. Uh, Dan found the podcast, as he'll tell you, in his voice message. Uh, and he's been listening to all the past shows. And that's great. Because remember, you don't have to just listen to the first show. And if you can't find these, I guess iTunes only keeps so many of the shows. So if you're listening through iTunes... And you go, wait, I can only go back 10 shows and I can't find any more. Go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com. I have every show on there that I've ever done. Uh, you can go through there and listen. I believe you can even subscribe to the news, the, the RSS feed on my website. And that will allow you to pull all those past shows down to your device. And then you can listen to those at your leisure. So once again, you want to go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com to get anything past the last 10 shows. Um, and iTunes does that, of course, you know, to keep their servers cleaned up. And they believe that you probably only want to listen to the most recent podcast that you're already caught up. But, you know, we're glad that you're here. 
We're glad that you found the show, and, and I'm very, very humbled at how many people download this show each week. You know, when you look at your numbers and, there, and there's a few thousand people listening to you out there, it, it's very, very humbling, and, and it makes me feel like I'm doing something that's relatively important, you know, giving away some uh, free information to you and helping you out uh, through your IT woes uh, and, and your server administration nightmares uh, and your network debungles. Uh, is that a word, debungle? Uh, debacle. Maybe that's what the word I was looking for. Uh, you're, you're, you're switching debacles. You know, that does happen. You may know also that this show is not being recorded for YouTube. Um, and mainly because, well, to be honest with you, I just didn't feel like doing the video portion. Uh, tonight, we are just doing a, a sole uh, podcast here. Uh, like we've started this show off some time ago, I guess years ago now, uh, being in episode 108, we've been doing this for quite a while, uh, a couple of years anyway. And um, I just wanted to just do it old school tonight, you know, do a podcast so you can listen to it in your car, maybe at home when you're kicking back, uh, maybe you're reading a, a good uh, Windows Server book, or maybe you're reading something on Cisco and, you know, you're learning something new about the firewall uh, and uh, intrusion prevention or detection. We talked about that a few weeks ago. So, and, and it's, this just gives you something to listen to, right? Maybe before you go to bed, you put on a set of headphones, you just kind of Listen to me slowly put you to sleep. <laughs> anyway, I hope that you uh, enjoy tonight's show. Um, you know, I typed up the show notes here and I have a few things. This is going to make, this show is going to be very, the word I'm looking for is controversial, I think. Uh, a lot of you out there are going to say, Jack, you know, <laughs> you totally are off the mark. Uh, you are nothing but a big nut and, you know, but we still love you. And that's okay. Um, a lot of you out there are going to say, wow, I never thought of doing something that way. And I think that's what this show is meant to bring you. Uh, many people have told me in the past, you know, you, you hear things or you look at the title and go, I know what Jack's going to talk about. And then I go totally off track. So I probably do that um, because that's my personality, I guess. Or I do that because uh, I want you to think a little bit, open your minds and, and think about, you know, different ideas and uh, not be too closed in and wrapped around your own way of thinking. And, and that's going to be very much tonight's show. I got my reasons for talking about stuff on tonight's show, um, you know, and uh, personal reasons. I got reasons that I deep down believe in, and I got reasons that we'll talk about during the show. So we're going to start here, uh, start off here first with is a voice message. Uh, I did have to, I got to bring up my audacity here because I did have to cut some of this out. I'm sorry, Dan, but I did uh, remove your phone number, obviously. I, I don't think you want thousands of people calling you from the show, and, and maybe you do. That might be a good thing, but I don't like to broadcast people's phone numbers. Uh, I do appreciate you sending it to me. I'm sorry, if I if you send me your phone number and I don't call you back, um, most times it's because um, I'm so into my day-to-day -day life that I don't really have time to return phone calls of that nature. Uh, the phone calls I do return is the consulting phone calls. I've had quite a few people from the show call uh, that they wanted me to do some consulting work, remote consulting work with them, and I've helped quite a few people out that way. Um, but if you have a question, the best thing you can do is email me. I do check my email, and I will email you back, and, and we can talk through email. That's usually the best way because you can do that anywhere in the world with a smartphone, and uh, it seems to work out pretty well for me. So tonight's voice message comes from a listener. Again, his name is Dan. Uh, we're going to listen to this. I didn't clean it up. Dan, this is pretty much original except for cutting off the end of it. So we're going to go ahead and play this, and then we're going to start talking about Dan's issue tonight, and I'm going to try to help many of you out uh, with this topic. Let's go ahead and listen to Dan. 
Hi, Jack. My name is Dan. I'm a new listener to your podcast. I've enjoyed every single one. I know you're up to like episode 107. I've probably listened to the last 10, and I'm working my way back. So I'm a relatively new person in the server network administration, and I have a question. As somebody who doesn't really work in server or network administration currently, what's the best way to get into the server and field? A lot of the careers want server experience before you get the job, but in order to get the job, you need server experience, you get the catch-22. Do you have any recommendations for training courses, certifications, or basically how to get your foot in this growing field without the experience? Okay, so again, that is Dan. Uh, very, very good message there, Dan. Uh, very well uh, spoken. I appreciate the voicemail. That always does help out the show here to get those voice messages in here um, to kind of bring me up on different topics and make me start thinking. You know, that's the key element here. Um, <laughs> if you can get me thinking about things, that, that's pretty good because uh, sometimes my mind is a little bit filled with uh, all the t server technology and uh, different needs of the uh, of our clients out there that we have so again tonight we are talking a little bit about ways of finding jobs in the it field um, maybe getting promoted in the current position you're in i know a lot of people get hired for things such as help desk uh, which is um, and, and see again this this topic tonight is going to make some of you upset and i don't mean to i'm not i'm not dogging anybody i'm not coming down on you uh, for what job you have uh, if you're in the technology industry, period, I applaud you 100%. Whatever that field, whatever part of our field you're in, um, I do applaud you. So I'm not looking down on anybody. So with that said, let's get started here with a little bit of um, finding jobs in the IT field. And, you know, a lot of these folks out there start with something like a support desk, you know, and we have a lot of folks uh, going through our local uh, two-year college that I sit on their board, and I listen to where do these young uh, men and young women get jobs at. So many times they have that they even have a two-year degree, and they're walking into these uh, call centers because that's who's hiring folks. You know, it's it's a very low-paying job. Um, it, it's a very uh, how can you say that uh, non maybe non Cinderella job. Okay, if, if that makes sense. What I mean by that is it's, it's a non-rewarding job. You're going to go to work every day and you're dealing with problems from people most times that really don't even know uh, anything about the workings of a computer or the software. Or, you know, you might be working for a software vendor and you might be doing a help desk where you remote into the computer. To me, that's a step up from call support. Uh, when you phone somebody, like when I phone our internet provider and I get their first tier call center, what happens is I tell them, look, I need to be escalated, please, to the level two call center. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to the young man or young woman answering that phone. It's just that flipping through a book and reading off the pages, telling me to reset my modem, uh, reset my router, um, unplug my computer and plug it back in. Unplug my mouse if that's going to make any difference whatsoever. I don't have time for all that. I've done everything that I need to do inside my home or it may be inside of a business. And now I need level two support because now I am tapped out. And I need somebody that's going to get off the call sheet and off the book and jump right into the, the nitty gritty parts of what is going on. So that is what, you know, you're looking at doing. But let me tell you how, you know, so so that's the first, the the 
the beginning form of the IT industry is that call center. Um, you're not going to make a lot of money. But what we're talking about tonight is a little bit is how do you break free from that call center? And folks, many times I'm going to tell you the honest, uh, the honest part of that is uh, because we talk to these young men and young women and I say, look, how long have you been in the call center? Well, you know, I've been here for three years, three years. And nobody talked to you about a promotion to put you into the, you know, maybe into the networking part of the business, maybe into the server part of the business. Um, I think they get stuck. Um, and they get stuck exactly where Dan said, if you don't have experience, they won't move you up. But how do you get experience unless they move you up? It is that catch 22 thing that people get stuck in. It happens all over the world with every industry, not just the IT field. Now, with that said, let's move on. So do you need a college degree to get into this field? Well, let me tell you what. The honest to goodness part of this topic is, and I hate to admit it to people, but we do live in a, I call it the paper world. Um, my partner will tell you, you know, he has his degree and he tells you nowadays, he said, when you have a bachelor's degree and you're looking for a job, good luck. Because now so many people are going for their master's and they're coming up like, I got a master's degree. I can get the job at the call center. And the guy with the associate's degree is like, well, you're bumped out because they, they're, they're filtering people based on how much paper you have, not how much experience you have, but how much paper you've accumulated over your lifetime. The more paper Apparently, the higher paid job you may get. That's not to say you have the mind for it, but you got a piece of paper saying you put the time in and the effort to get that piece of paper. Now, again, I'm not dogging or, or denying or anybody that's gone through college. I applaud you. I think college is a very hard thing. Um, you know, I've been there. Uh, my wife has been there. I see our kids going through college and they're struggling. They're having a very hard time and they're learning something in their field. They're not in the IT field. And my wife is not, but you know, they go to school and they're learning their trade. They're learning something and it's very, very hard. So I do applaud them. It's very difficult, but do you need a college degree to get in this field? And I say today, it is the best way, the best chance you have to push you more to the top of whatever you want to call it. I refer to it as the food chain. You know, you go from, you know, a, a, an earnings of uh, $28,000 a year uh, if you're starting lower. And with that degree and you walk in, now you might pick up a job where you're going to start at 50000 or $80,000 a year, right? It can happen. But if you don't have a college degree, that's okay. Because what you got to do is you got to do this systematically. <clears throat> excuse me, you're not going to be able to walk into a company and say, look, I want to be your network engineer. And that's just not going to get it. No matter how much experience you have at home, playing with your home routers, putting in a, uh, you know, a hundred, a uh, hundred, or I'm sorry, putting in a, a one gig switch in your home, hooking up four network cables to it. That's not going to make a network engineer, you know, not on the level where you need to be to run, to work it in a company. You have to be willing to start out small. And what I mean by starting out small, you're going to be at the bottom. You may start in that call center if you're lucky enough to get in and work your way up. But you have to show your value. I think that's the big thing is show what you know in a company. You know, so if you start out in that call center, you have to be able to um, display a very positive attitude of what you do 
and also make sure that the people above you know that if there's an opening, I would like to get promoted to another part of the IT industry, either the server administration or I want to get uh, hooked up into the network administration maybe. Um, you're not going to go right from the call center to the um, the the, um, the IT uh, director's job <clears throat> or the CIO. You're just not going to do it. It just doesn't happen that way. Maybe if you own a company, then quite possibly you can promote yourself, and that would be a good thing. So you're going to start at the bottom, and you're going to work your way up. That's just the way it is. Now, with that said, if you do get hired with a small company, uh, and I mean a small company, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I'm just looking at my show notes as I'm talking to you. If you do get hired in a small company, let's say basically what, what I started looking at is look at small consulting jobs. All right. So you have to sell yourself. You have to be very confident, uh, not cocky. There's a big difference between confidence and cockiness. And I have seen both of them coming to us because remember, we intern students in the IT field from the local college where I sit on the college board, where I sit on their board and we talk about the latest, greatest things in technology and what the kids should be learning. You have these kids come in and they're very, very uh, just, you know, not even gung-ho. I think it's just very, I know everything attitude. You don't. None of us know everything, folks. I've been doing this for almost 30 years now, and I don't know everything because there's new things coming out every day. A lot of times people ask me, Jack, what's the next great latest, uh, greatest thing coming? And I said, well, if I knew that, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you. I'd be a very wealthy man sitting on a yacht. I would have probably sold my company to Google or um, or Microsoft, or maybe I sold my uh, my patents to Apple, and I wouldn't be doing this anymore. So I don't know what's coming. But I do always show a willingness to learn what's new out there in the field. It doesn't matter if you've been doing this for one year, two years, 10, 15, or 90 years. Okay, if you're doing it for 90 years, hopefully you might be retired if you saved a little money uh, to make a pension. But anyway, so you have to be able to get in there on the ground floor and you have to be able to show your willingness and, and show your enthusiasm about something. Don't be cocky. You know, Be confident. And if you're going into a, a business and you say, look, uh, I want to know if you have any uh, buddy, uh, you know, tending to uh, taking care of your computers and your networks. Uh, some businesses will say, yeah, well, yeah, we do have a company. And what I do is I walk in and, you know, I'm not one of these people that charge $150 an hour, $500 an hour, because those people are a dime a dozen. You have to be willing to go in there. The idea here is, as a consultant, walk in with the idea that this business is a business of mine. This will be a client. It's not the client, right? And just because you walk into a doctor's office, and I work for a lot of doctor's offices, doctors do not have as much liquid cash as what people believe they have. Do they make a lot per hour? Sure they do. They're medical doctors. That's their life. Should um, we make as much as they do per hour? Sure we should because we're the doctor of computer systems and networks. Okay, see, that's the cocky side of me coming out. But no, you understand what I'm saying. So what I'm saying here basically is they don't make or they don't have as much liquid cash as what people believe. They have a lot of fees they pay. So you have to go in and be willing to say, look, uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Kevorkian, or not. some of you younger guys might not remember who that was, and some of the older people right now go, why did he just say that? Dr. Whoever. Um, I'm, uh, you know, uh, 
Papa Joe's uh, computer networking systems uh, IT firm. Um, you know, I'm just kind of getting it together. Um, I have a lot of experience. You know, don't oversell. We're going to talk about that. I have a lot of experience, and I want to know if you needed somebody new to take care of your computer systems. I'm readily available. Um, you know, you can call me anytime, day or night. Um, not on Sundays because I might be in church. No, you, you know what I mean. They could email you or text you, whatever. Um, so you're selling yourself and you're selling your service. And when the doctor says, well, okay, the bottom line is with anybody in life today, the bottom line is how much do you cost? And you can't just say, well, you know, I charge $500 an hour. And the doctor's going to say, well, thanks very much for stopping in. I really appreciate it. We'll let you know. Do you have a business card? And you'll say, oh, yeah, absolutely. You hand him a business card. You leave the office. The business card gets chucked in the garbage, and he never thinks about you again. I don't go about that in that way. The way I go about it is I walk in. I say, look, you know, and when they say what we charge, I, some people will beat around the bush like, well, you know, it all depends what the job is, and I don't buy that. My fee is 75 bucks an hour flat fee. If I take two people in, so if I take somebody with me for a bigger job, maybe we're redoing their servers, um, rebuilding their network on a weekend, um, reinstalling a bunch of brand new computers, I'll take somebody else in because I charge more per hour than I charge um, 125 an hour. But what happens is we cut the total time that I got to be there. So actually in the long run, they're saving money and it's saving me from doing all that work by myself. So it helps me. And then you pay your person. And that's another thing, folks, don't shortchange your person because you're not going to have a person. You pay your person 50 bucks an hour. Okay. So at that point, if you think about that, you're still getting your $75 fee that, you know, you require to run your business. And that person's getting uh, 75 bucks an hour. Now, I mean, 50. Now you can pay him 25. That's still a pretty fair market, uh, at least here in Pennsylvania. 25 bucks an hour is, is pretty uh, pretty good uh, wage for that person. Um, and you can take that other 25 and roll that back into your business because you are building the, the brand, uh, your brand. And so, so again, we're talking about uh, to Dan, how do you break into this field? So that is a way. That's a little stepping stone of, how you would break into this field. At least that's what I do. If you're new to this and you walk in, maybe you don't feel confident enough to charge $75 an hour. Uh, when I first started, I wouldn't charge $25, I mean, 75 bucks an hour. I might charge $25 an hour. If the going rate's 100, charge 25 because you're looking for experience. You're looking to, uh, Dan talked about that. How do you get experience if people won't hire you because you don't have experience? The bottom line is charge less than everybody else out in the industry is charging. On that same note, be very, very careful about undercharging or undercutting the competition where you take our field and you take all the value away. I might have talked about this some time ago in a show where what I mean by that, don't walk in there and say, well, you know, uh, Dr. Bob, um, I take $10 an hour, and, and that sounds pretty good to me, uh, you know, because it'll buy me some chaw and may buy me a case of beer. And Yeah, no, don't undercut our business. You know, charge a, a decent wage that's going to make you happy, and it's going to keep you back working for that client. That's the big thing. Once you get that client, uh, Dan, that client's going to start spreading your name around. Uh, I found that doctors talk to other doctors on the golf course. Doctors talk to other doctors at conferences. 
Next thing you know, I start getting calls from all these different doctor's offices saying, look, do you have time to come see me? Do you have time to come see me? Uh, I once had a lawyer call from a law firm and I said, look, I don't really specialize in any consult because I remember folks, I still have a full-time job, 40 hours a week. So I don't specialize in any type of consulting work uh, with anything outside of the medical field because I just don't have time to learn everything I need to know about their privacy acts. So that's why I kind of don't. Not that I don't like money, but I don't want to do that. So I guess that brings up another point, Dan. Pick a specialty. Pick a certain place where you want to kind of shine, okay? Where you want to walk in and you say, look, I'll take care of your servers. Usually in a small office that won't work. But if you say, I'll take care of your servers, your computers, and your network, antivirus, software, uh, software upgrades, um, uh, patches, security patches, if you put yourself out there and you will take care of that for a certain client, pick that client, be it law firms, doctor's offices, small retail chains, mom and pop drug stores, there is a ton of work out there. If you listen to the um, Mike Smith show, right? Um Mike will tell you that he has turned down work because there's so much work out there. You can't take it all. So don't, again, don't overextend yourself. Overextending yourself will lead to hardships. It will lead to the hatred of the technology field. I've done it. I know it. It will lead you to the point where you cannot stand to get up in the morning and put your clothes on because you don't want to look at another computer. Don't do that. Um, I go to work each day. I told him today, I said, I love my job. I love the people I work for. I love the people I work with, and I appreciate uh, them having me there every day. I think that's where the American population, and I know there's a lot of people listening to this in other countries. I'm not sure about your country. Obviously, I haven't visited it. But the American person wants to be appreciated, and you should appreciate where you are working because you don't have to be working there any longer, right? We have to appreciate all that stuff. So that is really, really huge. Now, so you were saying, Dan, about how do you get experience if you don't have experience? What certifications should you get? What classes? I'm going to talk about certifications in the morning. In in the morning, I'll talk about, no, in a moment, I'll talk about those. Server courses, though, such as the one I teach, and you hear me talk about that at the end of every single podcast that I do. Um, I teach Windows Server 2008 R2, Windows Server 2012 R2, and VMware ESXi to virtualize all your servers. These are the key areas right now of server administration. These are the key uh, servers that people should be running. If you go in and they say, well, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, consultant Jim Bob, <laughs> we're running server 2003. You probably don't want to get involved with that company because you're going to have too many problems. Uh, unless you can talk about, uh, talk to them about upgrading, then you'd be okay. But what my <clears throat> courses do is it gives you that exposure, Dan, that you need in the server field without having to pay those very, very high fees. We just seen that on the news tonight. Uh, some colleges are charging, you know, 45000 60000 uh, you know, 30000 The two-year program here in our local area charges 45000 for a two-year associate's degree. You don't have to pay that and get all of that stuff that you're not going to need. Linux programming, <laughs> um, you know, uh, maybe s- scripting. It's okay to know this stuff. You don't need it to get where you want to get, Dan. You want to have server exposure. You don't want to have, uh, you know, IT overload. And that's what those uh, particular programs are going to give you. 
This is a very, very direct approach with my courses, and they're very inexpensive. I've had people email me and say, Jack, why do you charge that much? Your courses must really be crap. And, you know, then I get people on there email me and say, Jack, this is the best thing I ever did. Thank you. You helped me get promoted in my job. And now I'm working with the servers. And that's kind of why I built these courses. Why are they so cheap? It's because I'm not making a living off of those courses. Those courses are set up. I did put a lot of time. I did put a lot of effort into building those courses. And, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time in front of the uh, computer recording all those videos uh, to, to learn by so you guys can learn. So obviously that's why there is a fee. I got to pay obviously for the website to host those things, uh, to hold the videos and everything for me. Uh, so that's why there's a charge for that. People will tell you also, Dan, that you can go to YouTube and you can. I have a few YouTube videos out there on DNS, DHCP. You, you might've seen those. If you didn't look at my videos, and those videos can be found at 42 Technoman. 42 Technoman. Or search for Jack's Tech Corner on YouTube, and I'm sure you'll find those. The videos on again on DHCP, DNS, um, and I had some other ones in there, Active Directory, creating user accounts and such. YouTube is okay, but where you're getting out of the courses I teach and YouTube, YouTube are, is not structured from beginning to end, you know, install to administration and everything in between. You can find those videos, but you're going to plug around. You're going to look at a lot of different stuff, and you're going to get very, very tired very, very quick. I know I've done it, uh, and that's another reason why I wanted to build the courses, why I took the time to put those together. So check those out. You may uh, want to you know, dig into that, but if you go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, look at the online uh, class or online course link at the top of the page, and that'll kind of guide anybody that wants to take those courses. They're very much self-paced. I, I, you know, once you sign up, you're on there forever. So if something would happen in life and you and you just couldn't finish the course, try that in college. Go look, guys. You know, I know we're in the second semester of college, but I got something going on at home. The wife's pregnant. I got to help take care of the other three youngins, and and I just don't have time. They'll be like, well, that's okay. So you drop out now and repay us later and take the courses again. Mine is once you sign up, you're always a member of that site. So you can always come back and look at those videos if you need further education later on. So that is one way to get some exposure. And I just wanted to throw that out there without sounding too much like a BS advertisement. And I know that's probably what it just sounded like. And I'm very, very sorry. But I'm very passionate about my courses and they've helped a lot of people. Now, here's another way of doing this. I think Mike Smith talked about this before on one of his shows um, because he has people calling with kind of the same kind of stuff. How do you get into consulting? How do you start your own computer business? Um, and, and how do you get into this if you really don't know anything? Interning is one of the greatest ways to get into the field. Interning is a very much catch-22 problem, uh, Dan and everybody else out there. And the reason that is such a problem is I know, Dan, you probably have a full-time job. Uh, you know, you're probably not sitting at home going, man, I wish I could get myself some server work today because I need to make some money. You know, we got to eat. I'm sure you're working somewhere in some field and you may not be happy there and you're looking into the IT industry and I applaud you. I think that's wonderful, especially people that are brave enough to change careers at any age. Um, you know, it's very, very nice. I, I did it. I changed fields. I used to be in the medical field. Um, years and years ago. And uh, when I seen the computer coming along, I got really intrigued by it. And I seen, uh, you know, how much a computer can do. And that's when just the desktops before really networks or the internet or anything. And I did a 360 degree turn away from medicine 
and or would that be a 180 degree turn? Anyway, I flipped around from medicine and I left medicine. I said, look, I have to get into this computer field because this is the future. And, and it very much has been for me. And I've been very uh, blessed to be where I'm at today in the computer field. And, and I still love it. I love doing it. So interning, we have a lot of interns. But as I said, you probably are working. So interning, though, is sometimes if you walk into an industry, um, I would recommend uh, schools. A, very, a lot of schools do this. We've done it in the past. More of your bigger industries. You want to go to schools, hospitals. Hospitals are another good place people don't think about. Retail chains. A lot of times retail chains will take interns. And what you're going in asking, saying, look, my name is Dan. Okay, I've studied a lot on my own about computers and servers, network administrations. I've done some programming on the side. You know, I know a lot about, or I know a little about a lot, but I don't know a lot about everything. So, and that might intrigue them enough. And if you say, look, I would like to come here as an unpaid intern. Now, I'm not coming from a college, um, you know, but I do want to learn. I'll give you 100% if you allow some of your people to help teach me the industry. This is a great, great way to learn, folks. Uh, it's one of those great ways of learning that the rewards are going to be much greater than the time involved because the time involved, you're not paying to go to college at this point or you're not even paying to go to my classes. Oh, no. I just had that long, big uh, infomercial right in the middle of my show, and now I'm telling you, don't go to my classes. But what you are doing is you're giving up some of your free time to go in and have people in the industry uh, such as myself, I get people all the time. Well, we get these interns from colleges and they always tell me I've been doing this. Now. I've been interning folks for probably about 15 years. They always, always, always tell me, and this is not a pat on my back. This is direct quote from their mouth. They'll say, Jack, I've learned more in three months here with you on the job than what I learned two years sitting in that chair, sitting in that seat in college, reading it in books. That makes me feel uh, just tremendous. That makes me feel like I am paying it forward, folks, because I'm getting older. A lot of you that watch my videos, you can see, well, Jack's beard's starting to gray a little bit. You know, he's starting to get a little bit of salt and pepper hair. Um, I'm getting older. I can't be in this industry forever. So I want to pay it forward and make sure I'm helping people, helping produce people that are going to carry on the legacy of computers carry on the legacy of networks and make sure these things are still going for decades to come, even after I'm long gone. So, you know, because I have a passion for it and that's one other thing we're going to talk about that I didn't cover yet. And I want these kids to have a passion now. So that's the interning part. You can do that. You do have to ask to do it unpaid. Some come just say, look, maybe after a couple of weeks or maybe a month, they'll say, Look, uh, Dan, you're doing really nice work for us. Thank you so much. You're understanding. You've been fixing some of the computers out on the floor for us. We want to start paying you. Now, we're only going to pay you, you know, seven, eight bucks, whatever your minimum wage is in your state, but we want to pay you something to kind of reward you back. And it may actually later on, folks, turn into a full-time job. It may, it may just do that. It may just escalate itself into a full-time job. That's another thing with we talked about earlier, right? displaying your confidence, not your cockiness, right? Don't go in there. Well, I know how to fix all these windows, uh, computers here. I'll take care of it. I can put a sound card in there faster than you can rope, you know, a, a wild boar. No, 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 no. Walk in there not knowing anything, right? Even if you know something, this is one thing I hate with an intern. This is my, my biggest pet peeve. And I have a problem with this so much. I've yelled at people about this. 
If I am showing you something, you do not open your mouth once and say, I know. No, you don't. And if you know, get the heck away from me because you know it. If you know it, you don't need to learn it. You're obviously way better than I am, right? Get out of here and get away from me. That is the worst two words put together. I know that I can't stand as I intern people. So keep that out of your mouth. You know, I guess the better way to say it is, oh, wow. Can you show me that again, please? That's going to make the intern person that much happier that you're trying to learn. Get a notebook out. You know, we've had interns now, or, or we've had interns recently, I should say, that I'll be teaching something. They'll be playing on their phone. You're not watching me. You're not wanting to learn this 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 great world of technology. Um, and so if I'm bothering you or if I'm wasting your time, pack up your crap and go home. That's the best thing you can do. But if you want to learn, Dan, this is a great way. An unpaid internship, it may turn into a great, great IT-filled job for you. Now, we, here's one other thing is breaking into the field by taking small jobs. We talked a little bit about this. Uh, maybe an office with one server, a few workstations. This will give you a look at how business uses technology, which is much, much different than how a home user uses a computer. Way different, right? In industry, you're not sitting in there, oh, uh, look at Facebook. <laughs> look at that funny video of, of uh, Puppy Monkey Baby. Isn't that cool? Did anybody see the Puppy Monkey Baby during the Super Bowl if you watched it? That was pretty uh, scary. Actually, it was kind of unnerving. But anyway. They're not doing that in business. They're doing things like Excel, Word, PowerPoint presentations. Not that I agree with all those uh, subjects, but you have to understand those topics because people are going to say, they're going to call you on the phone uh, in your office, say, hey, Dan, can you come down here and help me out, please? Um, I'm trying to do an Excel spreadsheet, and I'm trying to make this uh, big calculation fit in this uh, in this certain uh, column or in this cell, and I'm not sure how to – is it – Equals sum if, or is it uh, sum equals colon, comma, period? And you'll go down to their office and you have to show them. That is how business uses technology, right? They're not sitting in there looking at, you know, Facebook, Twitter. Some businesses do, don't get me wrong. Some businesses use social media. And if you get involved with one of them businesses, bless the ground you walk on because you are with a leading company using technology in a very, very forward manner. In other words, they understand that social media has a larger reach than the local newspaper and you put an ad in it for, you know, I'm selling a couch for $99.95. But if you put that on social media, you're going to have a bigger reach because people don't read the paper every day. There's a little secret for you. Um, you know, I might browse the paper online, but I don't read it every day. Obviously, we don't want to do that. That takes up too much of our daylight time, too much of our time. So that may help you also. I hope that gives you a little bit of insight. But what happens then is it allows you to apply the skills that you already have and you'll learn new skills on the back end. So I think that can help you out tremendously. So put your best foot forward there. Also, one thing, and Mike has talked about this on his show several times. I quote Mike because I, Mike's tech show has been on the longest show running that I could possibly remember on technology shows. And if I'm wrong, so what? I like the guy. He's good. He, he speaks he speaks pretty well Philadelphian, Philadelphian ease. Um, and I say that because I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes, you know, there, you got the Pirates and, I mean, excuse me. Um, yeah, you got the Pirates and the Phillies, right? And, uh, you know, but anyway, you got the Steelers and Eagles. 
Um, but Philadelphia does have the best pretzels. The Philadelphia pretzel oven, Mike, they are delicious. Anyway, Mike talks about this a lot. And, and basically, it's be careful not to take on too much. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't walk into a small business and say, look, we're going to write up an estimate and we can talk to day's ends. I can tell you how to run a, a consulting business. Um, I can tell you how to create the paperwork. I can tell you how to write uh, scopes, uh, uh, scope of work. It's very important. But don't write up a scope of work about stuff that you got to go home and Google on how to do or even what the term, even what it is. Stay away from that. Be very honest with your clients because it's going to show in the end. And, you know, be very, very careful there. You don't want to look like a, basically, honestly, and, and I usually don't use such words in my shows. Don't look like an ass, okay? Because what's going to happen is you're not, they're not going to spread your name around because now you're just a flunky out there trying to make some a, a quick buck off of something. You're basically a con artist at that point. You don't want to do that. Not to say you're not going to Google some things when you are working because you are going to get stuck. We get stuck every day. I've been doing this, like I said, a very, very long time, and I get stuck. Um, and I often say Google is one of the best uh, things that ever happened for the technologist because we can find answers in a matter of seconds that used to take us days and days to research in books to figure out. So, you know, you're going to use it, but don't use it as your main tool to get your job done, I guess is what I'm saying. So hopefully that helps you out. Now, we're going to talk about here for a few minutes before I end this show and wrap this up is passion. Don't get involved in the IT field, and we see the interns coming through. Luckily, the partner I have working with me right now, I interned him many, many uh, years ago, uh, and then he came back and worked as a consultant for about two years, and then it took me about a year to finally get him hired an actual full-time employee status. But he has um, exactly what I need as a partner in the industry, is he has a very deep, deep passion for this field. That's what I have. Um, I think if you have a passion for what you're doing, you'll be that much better. But sometimes we have interns coming through that we believe that they are looking at, oh, the IT field, I can make so much money and sit my ass in a chair all day. Well, those people don't have a passion. They're looking at this field as the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And guess what, folks? That's a bunch of crap. There's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. If you don't work for it, right? Well, we'll never have a pot of gold. You know, you're probably not going to have a yacht. You're not going to have, you know, a $2 million home. That's just not going to happen. But if you have a passion, you at least, like I said before, I enjoy getting up in the mornings. Um, I enjoy, you know, jumping in the shower, getting shaved up, you know, putting on my clothes for the day. Um, I don't mind in the snow and cold we're having in PA right now, going out, starting my truck up and going to work. I don't mind any that because I got a passion once I'm there to do the job that I'm doing. If you don't have that, stay the hell out of our field. We probably don't want you here because you're going to screw something up. Uh, this is not a money-making field. This is not a field where you're going to sit on your backside all day. Well, okay, you can work in data centers. You can be a programmer, maybe, right? But ordinarily, this is not a field. Network administration and server administration is not a field that you're going to sit on your backside all day and look at a computer screen. It's just not. And you're not going to get paid millions of dollars. So get that out of your head right now. You're not going to go through a two-year school and be an IT uh, administrator. It's not going to happen. It's just, <laughs> it's not a fairy tale land. You're going to have to work your way through. You're going to have to work your way up. And people know me at work so well. They know that Jack is not, they know I am not going to sit at my desk and look at the damn computer screen all day. 
I get many times I get people that say, we call your office. How come you're never there? I said, well, you know, we get so much downtime and so much free time. We usually go down to the local pub, you know, we have a few beers. <laughs> and that's not true. The truth of it is, I was just telling, or, you know, we have student techs now. They're great. We have, uh, you know, one intern right now, and he's doing, you know, he's starting out. He's a little green, but he's doing a fairly good job. I just told these guys the other day that I don't like to sit. I like to get out and get my hands in the server rack. Today, we were up in ceilings running cable. Um, you know, and I got guys, I got my guy, and I got student techs now that will love to go do that job for me, but I work right alongside of them. And why do I do that? Because I have a passion to do the job. Not that they won't do a good job. i just very passionate about it. And it could be any field. Any field you're in, uh, whatever you do, um, I've seen people passionate. I know when I walk into a restaurant, I can tell you if the waitress is passionate about coming to her job. That might be a stepping stone for the waitress or waiter. Uh, we have a local restaurant here that we have a waiter that waits on us. And I give him a, the biggest tip I possibly can every time I see the man. Why? Because he's very courteous, he's very, very nice and polite, and he just has a passion to be there. He just seems like he just kind of likes his job, and that is a hundred percent perfect for me. That's what I like to see. So anyway, so no matter what you do, have a passion for it. If you don't, remember my motto: get the hell out. We don't want you here anyway. But I do want you guys here and girls listening to this show. I appreciate it so much seeing how many people download this show. Each time I post one, I'm sorry I wasn't here for a couple weeks, but sometimes my passion gets, sometimes my passions collide because I guess I have a passion for podcasting. I've been doing podcasts and, and videos on YouTube for so many years now that it's like second nature. Uh, I did a video at work the other day, just real quick, I'll tell you the story. I did a video at work the other day. We, we had to do a, a, a demo video uh, for parents to learn how to use a certain part uh, of our software for the school. And my, my my partner's in there, my work partner's in there, he's watching me as I go to record the screencast of this video. And I did it, boom, I was done. It's a two-minute video. He looks at me and shook his head. He said, how did you do that in, in one time? He said, I would have forgot words. I would have forgot where I was clicking. He said, you didn't even practice. You didn't even do a script. You just kind of, boom, did it. I said, it's just what I've done for so many years that I don't script a lot of this. I have show notes for, for these shows just to keep me on kind of on task but uh, other than that I, I don't do a lot of that scripting that people do uh, and I guess that's why I do it so well but you know I was pretty happy for him to say that I was like wow that's thanks man that was really nice of you to say that uh, that I did I did it in one take anyway folks we're going to wrap up tonight I really again I appreciate you being here seeing how many people out there are downloading these and watching the YouTube videos is uh, just always very much uh, humbles me uh, when I started podcasting years ago, there was nobody that even found my shows. Uh, I think iTunes and Apple has helped that a lot. Uh, even if you're an Apple hater, which it doesn't matter to me one way or the other what you believe. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I use all computers, so it doesn't matter to me what you think uh, about one product or another. But iTunes has helped the podcasting industry. Nobody can tell me any other uh, way to look at that. And because they made it really easy for the common person to kind of find podcasts and learn what they are, kind of search for topics. And I think it made it very, very easy and, and not as easy as it needs to be. We need to be like a radio station where you can just hit a button on your computer and we just play. I think that would be the best, but who knows? But yeah, I'm very humble. Thanks for joining me here. Thanks for downloading the show and subscribing to the podcast. I got to wrap this up though. Please remember though, folks, to use my Amazon link. That's one way you can help support these shows. Support my passion to keep bringing you shows. 
Um, and you know, you get really confused. I mean, money is money. Money is not passion. There's a big difference. Make sure you have that separator in your head, but the Amazon stuff does help. I told you, I do have expenses to run these shows as well as every other podcaster has some kind of an expense. Uh, even if it's just trying to pay for my internet connection that helps out. So, uh, if you go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, deactivate your ad blocker and use my Amazon link whenever you purchase anything from Amazon.com. <laughs> and remember, don't forget, if you really want to get started and learn more and more and more and more about servers, or if you've been a server minister your whole life and you say, look, uh, I got to admit, I don't know everything. I got these great courses that's going to teach you, uh, you know, installation to administration everything in between. So if you're just a active directory uh, person right now, you say, what the heck is DNS? How would you reserve a, an IP address in a DACP server? How would you set up a scope? That's all this kind of stuff that I teach during these courses. Uh, and again, they're very much self-paced. As soon as you sign up, boom, you're on that course. If I'm in bed and it's three in the morning, you're on the course. I don't know what time zone you live in. Boom, you start taking the course. So enjoy it. I, you know, I put it out there. It is very inexpensive. That's just my way of paying it forward to you guys out there for listening to the shows. I do appreciate it. Once again, go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Look at the online class link at the top of the page. Click on that and you sign up and start taking those courses. Once you complete the course, I will email your certificate to you and you'll be good to go. You can use that for either finding a new job, put that with your resume, or hang it on your wall. It makes really, really beautiful uh, framed wallpaper. So check that out at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. I'll talk to you next Tuesday here on Tips from the Serve Room. Take care. Bye-bye for now.